You okay there? There we go. Yeah, that's good. I've only got a 45-minute sermon, so don't worry. You know, I want to play these two clips. Bella or Tracy, it's one of you at the back there. I opened the online, the, the Google thing. There's two clips. Just hold I'll tell you when to play them. I want to specifically play these because I want to give context to the place we're at. Now, you know, on the back of what you've seen now, the importance of studying the Word of God and understanding and knowing the Word because we know that the Word is Jesus because the Word came in flesh. That, that's what's going to make you stand through these times. You will never regret diving deeper into the Word of God and allowing those truths to settle inside of you. You're not doing all that studying, and no one studies the Word of God for your own gain. It's for your own benefit. Because as you study and you understand it more and more, it builds inside of you, and when you draw, need to draw upon it, it's there. And that's what we're celebrating here this morning with this group of people and the times that we live. Because... I just want to pre-attend this before we play these clips there, because the truth is not the truth anymore to people. Okay, so John 17, verse 7, and our prayer watch group is that we're just sitting in John 17 and reading that chapter over and over again and letting it speak to us. It says there in verse 17 of chapter 17, it says, Sanctify them in the truth. Your word is truth. As you sent me into the world... So I have sent them into the world. You're an outsider out there. You're not an outsider in here. That's very important. That's your truth. And the word of God is truth to us because the truth is being lambasted in today's society. The back of those passages there, the whole point of that sanctify them means to set them apart for holy service to God. And the word, as we know, is truth. 2 Samuel 7, 28 says, And now, O Lord God, you are God. And this is David praying and thanking God. And your words are true. And you have promised this good thing to your servant. Your words are true. Psalm 119, verse 160 says, The sum of your word is truth. And every one of your righteous rules endures forever. The word became flesh. The word is truth. That's the grounding and the foundation that we have and everything. Because as, as I said earlier on, we are not in a battle anymore, folks. We are in a war. Lister, who's not here today because she's got tonsillitis and her, her kids are a bit sick as well. She shared on, on Tuesday morning at our staff meeting about a, I don't know if it was a vision or a dream that she'd had, but God's been waking her up between 1 and 3 in the morning to pray. And that's amazing to be obedient. I'm not very obedient at two in the morning. So bless you, Lister. And she, she had a vision. I don't know, a vision or dream, but she, she was in the vision. She opened to a, like into a porthole. She was looking through like a window into the heavenlies and into the realm. And all she could see was an army of demonic forces. And, and she couldn't see who was addressing them because it was like around the corner. And, the attention and the attentiveness they had on their commander, whoever would have been directing them, was fixed on this person. And that's where she helped, and God just saying it to her in that whole, we battle not against flesh and blood, against principalities, rulers, rulers and authorities in the heavenly places. Okay? And that's the whole thing that came out of our staff meeting. We're not in a battle. There's a war. There's a war on the go right now, and there's been an unleashing from the enemy... Yeah over God's people over this last two years. 
And we've all felt it. I have never felt the intensity of the spiritual realm like I have over this last season. But here we are. We're still standing. And what's going to get us through is truth. Truth on the word of God. Truth of who he is to us as the person of Jesus Christ. I mean, let's just play that uh, first clip. It's the Twitter one. I know it's going to look a bit funny just to watch it, but I've got this from Martin. Thanks, um, Trace. It's 40 seconds. Maybe just let it run twice because you will, be, you will be disbelieving about how you hear this guy speak. Just check that the volume's ready to go. Just pull it back to the beginning if it's ready to go. Yeah. It just, just, yeah. Well, I'm not even talking about social context. I'm just, I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know. Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like getting to the truth again in social why, why life. Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and truth. If you, and, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is, you keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying to you, how is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on. 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. What my truth is that well, I'm not even talking about social context. I'm just, I'm just trying to start by getting to the truth, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm really uncomfortable with that language of like getting to the truth again in social why, why life. Is that, why is that uncomfortable? Because that, it sounds actually deeply transphobic to me. Um, and, truth? If you, and if you keep probing, we're going to stop the interview. I, if I probe about what the truth is? You keep invoking the word truth, which is condescending and rude. I'm saying is, to you... How is the word truth condescending and rude? Why don't you tell me what your truth is, and you're walking on 30 seconds more of the nights before I get up. Okay. That interview was part of a documentary that Matt Welsh, and I don't know, that's guy Matt Welsh that is interviewing the guy, that was put together from a documentary called What is a Woman? So the point of the documentary is to try and help people like stop being so deceived of what a woman is. This is what a woman is. Okay, and this is this is the one of the conversations he had in that. Now, what makes me watch this, we're not being condescending and laughing at this guy because if you state we this is what Romans one or Romans two speaks about when we pass judgment. Okay, therefore you have no excuse, O man, every one of you who judges. For in passing judgment on one another you condemn yourself. Because you, the judge, practice the very same thing. We know that the judgment of God rightly falls on those who practice such things. God will judge. Okay? We need to use that to help us to understand. If he's defending and he doesn't want to speak about the word truth or go to the truth. Okay? This, these, these are the challenges we are facing. Okay? I'm just using these as examples to kind of help us. Okay? George Orwell, who was, wrote a book in 1948 called 1984 that speaks about beware of this totalitarianism that's going to come with controlling people. He said, as an atheist, okay, and not a believer, but he said these words. And he was an a, a, um, author, wrote many books. The future a society drifts, sorry, a, the further a society drifts from the truth, the more it will hate those who speak it. What did Jesus say? It reminds me of Jesus' words. They, they will hate you. <laughs> Are we ready to be hated? Okay. Are we ready to stand for these truths that God is speaking to us about? 
Okay, that was a documentary. I don't know when that'll come out. Where it is out. It's out called "What Is a Woman?" Because they're trying to really help people. Like we are being stupid people. We are really being ridiculous. Okay, but it's deception. Second clip there. It's out three minutes long, but I want you to watch this as well. Okay, thanks, Trace. It's the one. And this, just to preempt this, the the guy speaking in this clip is a guy called Yuval Noah Harari. Okay, he is the advisor to Klaus Schwab who is part of the World Economic Forum. This guy is a very intellectual, very clever guy. He is also an Israeli. But he's a total atheist. Okay, he does not believe in God. Just listen to his narrative. Listen to his rhetoric of how he's speaking. We're not opposing. We're not judging him. We are making ourselves aware of what the narrative is out in the world. Okay, thanks Trace. There might be an advert, and it's probably going to buffer. Sorry. Close, yeah, close air. There we go. Yeah. Science is replacing evolution by natural selection with evolution by intelligent design. Not the intelligent design of some god above the clouds, but our intelligent design and the intelligent design of our clouds. The IBM cloud, the Microsoft cloud, these are the new driving <laughs> forces of evolution. We are looking at what Klaus Schwab, World Economic Forum, the young world leaders. If you look at his advisor, they call the prophet, Dr. Huari. The prophet. Oh, you look at the things he said, he uses Jesus twice mainly. I mean, all this story about Jesus rising from the dead and being the son of God, this is fake news. Wait, that's not true. You don't have any answer in the Bible what to do when humans are no longer useful to the economy. You need completely new ideologies, completely new religions, and they are likely to emerge from Silicon Valley or from Bangalore and not from uh, the Middle East. And they are likely to, pro to give people visions based on technology. Everything that the old religions promised uh, happiness and justice and even eternal life but here on earth with the help of technology and not after death with the help of some supernatural being. And I think that fake news have been with us for thousands of years. Um, just think of the Bible. But there's... But, but there are...
for it is your last chance to obey. Shut your filthy mouth, for I am going to show you. I will shut it for you, says the Lord. And all of those connected to you will run like scattered roaches and rats from your presence. So you heed this call, says the king. And I have, I have took supernatural steps to get this word to you, and you will hear it. And you dare laugh at me? You dare laugh at my prophet sitting on this set talking to you? Dare open your mouth and laugh, and it will be the laugh of the worshipers of Baal. For this time has come, and you will be no more, says the Lord, the King. Okay, thanks, Trace. We don't need to watch that one again, yeah. It's, um, it's quite, um, well, it, it's, the word could be disturbing, the, the state of the narrative of the world. And we must understand here, folks, this is not just because of the last two years. The, the, the enemy, as I said here a couple of weeks ago when I asked you what time is it, and it's God's appointed time, he works according to a timeline, and the enemy always responds according to this timeline. He tries to change the timing, work it out, speed it out, work it out. I watched something last night that all the way back to the French Revolution in 1790, whenever it was, part of that revolution was a, the idea of stop telling us to live our lives in this society according to God's order. We want to do what we want to do. It started centuries ago with an agenda of man, which is clearly the enemy, to set about a plan and a structure in place to downfall the things of the church and to pull all the things that we believe and that who God is down. But it's hundreds of years later and we're still standing. That Klaus Schwab guy, he's got a understanding of this equation called B times C times D equals AHH. B stands for biological knowledge, times C meaning computing power, and D meaning data, and AHH stands for the ability to hack humans. There's a drive when it comes to Technology and the, the artificial intelligence is that through nanotechnology, things will be placed through you that they control you as a human being. That's the thinking of the narrative of this world. They want to be able to control you from a computer state. Now, don't get all like, oh, and switch off and that kind of stuff. We need to wake up. We're not judging these people. We know who we are. God will judge. You see that prophetic guy, Robin D. Bullock? He is speaking the truth to God there into the heavenlies to say, God, deal with this man. And, and he tells of another story in a church context where these guys were in the church mocking this meeting. The Holy Spirit was moving and these three business guys were mocking. I don't know the context. I don't know when. It was a longer time ago. But these three guys were mocking. You know, if you sit in a meeting, it's like, <laughs> you know, they're like laughing. They're not with like, it was some, if we're in a meeting here and Abby was in the front talking to Annie going, what a joke. This is such a joke. These guys think they're all like super spiritual. Like this, da, da, da. this mocking. And the guy in the meeting said, can you please stop your mocking? Can you please hold back from what you are doing in, in the disrespect you're showing towards what God is doing as the Holy Spirit? And they mocked him even more. And he said to him, within 24 hours, every one of you will be dead. 
Okay? We, it's, it's not a game we play here. That in 24 hours, okay, two of those guys had weird things happen. One guy died in a car accident, boom, boom, things happened in their life. The third guy, the story is he ran into his offices and his secretary that was there, he ran into his office, closed all the blinds, closed his door, hid in the corner of his, of his office, trembling. Because his time was coming. And his secretary walked into the door and like asked, what's the problem? He was like in fear. And a spirit threw him up and threw him across the room and smashed it against the wall and he died. God, God is no per, thing of persons and man. Okay, he, he, he loves his people, but those who are against him, he judges. Okay, he stands up to them. And there's a time in this world right now, this is not a battle we're fighting and hoping we get through. There's a war on right now where the ecclesia is arising as one. I was at a meeting last Sunday afternoon where the church in Cape Town is wanting to rally together to pray. And they said, and they asked different things. What do you want to do? What is the most thing important you want to do? Everyone said, we just want to pray. We need to pray. We can't argue that guy under the table. It's never going to happen. Okay? It's a pointless, fruitless argument. We pray to the God of all heaven to move, that this is an appointed time for him to move. And in that, the ecclesia stands firm and stands strong. Folks, we are, we are not, the end times thing is very real in the season that we live right now. I want to read you, that as I was explaining, this thing going back from the French Revolution to things like Freemasonry becoming a, a guise to all the satanic plans and works to, to infiltrate society. It's a satanic movement, okay, that is on the go to ensure the church is nullified and silenced. And it's still playing today, from hundreds of years ago. Okay, this is not fear-mongering. I'm not fearing you now. You should actually find joy and happiness in your heart and hope, because what are we seeing this morning? The victory is ours. Our God reigns above all things. But we need to understand, like the sons of Issachar, understood the times and knew what to do. Are you, what do you need to do right now? What do we need to do? We need to pray. And next week, I'm going to really get practical a little bit about our prayer watches. Because it's the answer to us being able to rally together as a community. You are not an outsider on the inside here. There's certain things we need to know as the people of God. Give me five minutes, okay? In 19, late 40s, I think I've done this here before, but I want to remind us. There was a woman by the name of Alice Bailey, Whose name, who's known as the mother of the New Age movement. This is now 70 something years ago. Okay. She, she was originally a missionary sent to India. And she got caught up in Eastern religions and debunked the things of God and put him aside and chose and through all these satanic and understandings, she started penning stuff and in the, in, writings and listening to guys about her is that she would write but actually then she would leave the pen it would write on its own demonic powers were writing books for her of a narrative and a message that they wanted to get out so that the world is infiltrated with this message that started hundreds of years ago okay and he's still playing out today let's all be shocked <gasps> you know all we faced is just part of the plan okay let's not be fearful so she wrote this book called the externalism, externalization of the hierarchy in 1958, it was published. And you've heard me before, I'm going to remind us again. Ten things that society needs to see play out in it for this to be rolled out. Now listen, it's 70, 60 years later. Let's, let's see if these things have been happened and the state we're in right now. Number one, 
Remove God and prayer from the education system. That happened in the 60s. It started in America. Remove the authority parents have over their children. Terminate the Judeo-Christian family or the traditional Christian family structure. That has been abused and shred to pieces. Okay? If there is sexual freedom, then make abortion legal. Make divorce easy and legal. Free people from the idea of lifelong marriage. Encourage homosexuality as an alternative lifestyle. Debase the arts. Set it free. Let people express what they want to. There's more swear words in songs today than I've ever, ever heard. It's free. Do it. You express what you want. Okay? People taking their, what's that, extruments, your feces and making artwork. And selling it for hundreds of thousands of rand. Really? Your feces for artwork. I mean, can not be more disgusting. Use, okay, that was number seven. Eight, use the media to, to, to promote new and different ways of thinking. Essentially, propaganda, which worked brilliantly in World War II and today as well. Number nine, create a global interfaith movement. This ensures that man has the right to choose his path and destiny according to what he wants or desires and remove the concept of God from the throne. Like, who's God? Believe what you want. Okay, and the last one. Let authorities take it up as their laws. So now abortion's legal. You can marry same-sex marriages. It's legal. Okay, so it's all played out. Okay, and get the church to approve it all. And this will affect society. Okay, we shouldn't be shocked because we've seen all that play out. Now, what is interesting is he, he makes references to this. So, I'm reading from a book called Enough that a guy on Dr. Arno van Niekerk wrote in 2018 about enough for the nation of South Africa and the reason why we're in a place like we are. He, um, it, interestingly, I'm not going to go deep into this, but I want you to see timelines of understanding. There is talk in her book. In 1958, that was published, the, the speaking about all the stuff must be in place by the year 2025. That's three years from now. I'm not saying Jesus is coming back in three years' time, but there's a timeline that the enemy is wanting to play on here, and certain agendas have been placed and put forward into society from 70 years ago. We're hitting a timeline, a, dead, a point of something to happen. We need to prepare ourselves. We need to be in prayer. We need to ask Almighty God to move. Because we battle not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers and the principalities and the authorities in the heavenly places. That's where we will win the battle. And I want to say to you folks, and I can go more into this stuff here, but I'll leave it there with that. If we as the people of God, and I'm not fear-mongering here this morning, I'm giving you true context to what we are dealing with, what we are facing in the days today. And we are going to go on a journey now for the next, I don't know, six months, a year, whatever it might be, and start speaking into this end times narrative that the Bible speaks so beautifully about. To, to help us, to give us, you know, the big thing it's going to give you is hope. Because no matter what we face here, Jesus already promised these things, what did he say? These things must take 
place. Because I got quite disheartened this week, or we did, particularly because we have last Sunday, and it's amazing. Like we're praying for these guys, releasing, commissioning over our city, powerful time. There was more than just that happening. In those guys' hearts, things were happening in their hearts of, of what God is doing in them. It wasn't just about what we were doing for them. There was so much more to that story last week and happening. But on Monday, we're sitting chatting and like, that's cool. That's what we were about. That's why we changed the name, Bay City Church. We're for our city in every way. But like, God, are you hearing Tabu's cry for a new kidney? Like, are you, are you hearing our prayers? The, 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 the challenges they're having with Naledi and these seizures, like hearing a, a Andy's story and the challenges they go through as a family with Lydia and her seizures. Just, and then we just started going through people in our community. I'm like, no, God, are you hearing our prayers? Where are you? Where are you at? We know you're there, but God, we, we cry. We need you to respond. We need you to move. And we had a whole host of people at our house from the core leaders just worshipping on Wednesday night. Just, we, we are worshipping and we are praying for you. Yeah. That you know breakthrough. That you know God is for you. Yeah. In every single way. And we'll be doing that again this Wednesday. Crying out to God. Saying, God, incline your ear to us. Incline your ear. Hear the cries of your people. Because it's been a season of hopelessness. Yeah. But we've learned to draw upon the truths of what Almighty God has spoken to us and speaks into our hearts. I was going to refer a few things in Matthew 24. I'm going to wrap it up over here. Matthew 24 is Jesus speaking of the signs of the end of the age. And he says there in verse 6, and he says that, uh, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars and see that you are not alarmed. Okay, for this must take place, but the end is not yet. Okay, these things we're going through now have to happen, folks, but it's not the end yet. He speaks a little bit later. He says, but... You know, all the nations and betraying one another, hating one another, false prophets are arising, all that stuff. He says, but the one who endures to the end will be saved. And the gospel of the kingdom will be proclaimed throughout the world as a testimony to all nations. And then the end will come. So what we are looking for is not for all these things that are happening and then the end will come. The preaching of the gospel of the kingdom. So when you go to work tomorrow... And you have opportunities to speak the truth into people's hearts and lives of the gospel of the kingdom, then it's starting to happen. Is there, and, and I'm not evangelistic in my makeup. It's not my first and foremost, like, we need to get people saved and bring them in. It's not my buildup, but we are all evangelical in our understanding of, like, there are many people that don't know the truth. And our lives are the witness and the testimony to this. And I encourage you, create conversation, don't argue with people. If they want to argue, they're not ready to hear the truth. You just be an example to the gospel of the kingdom of God. When that starts happening, then the end will come. He says, when all nations have heard the good news of the gospel of the kingdom, there are groups and moves of people around this world that have literally worked out how many unreached people groups there are. And that number is diminishing. They're making every effort to ensure that Coca-Cola aren't in every nation, but the gospel of the kingdom is. And speak the good news. And, and, and it's, they're doing it as a work, as a, a desire to see the kingdom of God come. But that word, the one who endures. I just was encouraged by this this morning. In the Bible that Jeanette and I share. This is the, the word wealth, it says. Endures means to hold one's ground in conflict. Bear up against adversary. Hold out under stress. Stand firm. 
persevere under pressure. It's not passive resignation to fate and mere patience, but the active, energetic resistance to defeat that allows calm and brave endurance. We're not fatalists going, oh, well, God will just sort it out anyway. No, that's not, that's the back foot. Because I had a great chat with Pat this last week and talking about all the things, you know, Roe versus Wade in the 70s. There was such an outcry by the church. The protesting that took place, the violence that ensued against those people protesting was enormous across America. It still went through. The fight for same-sex marriage. There were so many voices arising around the nations of the world opposing this thing. It still went through. And I'm like, are our prayers working? We fight. No, we will not see the fourth wave of COVID. The fourth wave came and went. I'm like, are you hearing our prayers? Of course he is. Of course he is. But these things must take place. And you go and share the gospel of the kingdom. Where you go. Let's, let's start putting the word into action. Then the end will come. There's a timeline that we're living on right now that, as I've said, yeah, is God's appointed time. And he's looking to us. And let's not be fatalists and go put our hands up and say, oh, woe is me. We're going to speak more into this. We're going to get a lot practical over the next couple of weeks to be linked with people in prayer. My prayer group, it's a blessing. Every Friday morning at 6 o'clock. But here's the flesh going, oh, here we go again. I haven't missed one yet, but, um, but it's a hard work for the flesh. But we don't, we're not people of the flesh. We are people of the spirit. And we are learning to rise up above the things of the flesh. And every single Friday morning after that call, I'm encouraged. I'm built up because I've got brothers that are standing with me, speaking life over me, and I'm speaking life over them. And we continue this journey. And we'll leave you just with a few things here. As I said, this is not fear-mongering, but an alert to how we need to respond. Four things. You need to know the word of truth. Okay? Which is the teaching from the Bible. You need to know the community of people that you're a part of. If you feel like an outsider here, on the inside, you need to adjust your heart. You need to settle so that you know who your tribe is. Loners are not going to get through in this next season. Social media and all your likes and all your followers are not going to be there for you. It's us together here that is going to stand together. It's called fellowship. We need to be a people of prayer. And I'll say, I'll share more about this next week. And the power of the breaking of bread. It's not just tables in the front here. And we do every now and again. Break bread at home with your families. Every Sunday morning, before when I get up and I pray, I break bread before the Lord. But break bread, in the context of how they're speaking in the Bible, was a meal in people's homes. Not just a little piece of wafer and a tot of grape juice. No, no, this is a meal that people celebrated. In our prayer group, we got together and had a meal together the one night. We prayed around the table. It was quite interesting. Some of the guys hadn't met each other face to face. And there was that awkward, like, getting to know each other. But when we started praying, it was like we know each other already in prayer. We broke bread together with a meal. Brothers standing together. That's what the church is about. What about this ministry, me preaching to you and telling you what to do every week? You know what you need to do. 
You need to respond to the things of God. That, those four things are Acts 2.42. Where we stand together as one. And there's this in our heart saying is, enough, enough, of, enough of my apathy, enough of my, oh, we'll just let it all play out. God's got it in control. No, he's wanting to rise and use us yes, in this day and this age. And where we start is prayer. And I'm going to share more of the story next week of how we got to these prayer watches. I want to remind you of how we got there. And I know it's the practical things of making it all work. It's not always super easy to kind of administrationally wise to work it out. But we will, we're going to make effort into this. But the pressure's off because God said, this is your, for the next seven years, this is what you need to institute. The pressure's off. We're not trying to get this done by like end of July. Because if people hurry out of emotion, the Spirit's got to say, yes. Yes, we need to pray. Come and stand together. And I want you to ponder and think about what I've spoken, the things that I've highlighted to you this morning, not to fear, not to fearmonger you, but to stir in your hearts to know that we serve the King who is the victor. He is ruled and reigns over all things. So Father, we just speak over our hearts here this morning. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are the one seated on your throne. You rule and reign over all things. You have never lost a battle. You have never, ever fallen. You've never failed. You always stand sure and true to who you are. Because you, there's no deceit in you. You are not a liar. You are a God of truth and of power. And we just declare over every heart here this morning, Lord Jesus, that hope arises in our hearts, truly believing that in this season, we come before you with humility. We come before you in reverence and awe. And we submit and surrender our lives to the Almighty God. Because as for me and my house... We will serve the Lord and we give our whole lives to you. And I speak to those hearts that think that you're on the outside here looking in. I want to speak to your heart. Say, know who your tribe is. Contact me. Settle with the leader. Talk to us so that you feel connected and a part of this community going forward because we cannot afford to be lone rangers and wanderers in the season that we're approaching. This is a warning to your hearts. This is a warning for the years to come. It might not happen in the next few months, but in the years to come, the enemy has, well, like he said to Peter, he's asked to sift you like wheat. But Jesus said, I've prayed for you. And when you have strengthened yourself, go and strengthen your brothers. We need to strengthen each other. And I dispel all the schemes of the enemy where he's trying to sift you and he's trying to break everything over you so that you won't believe and have truth and doubt in your hearts. We break the power of those things in the name of Jesus and we stand firm as the people of God. Let's just say that together. As for me and my house. As for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. Amen and amen. Amen. Go in power. Share the good news of the gospel of the kingdom as you endure.